If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. Friends, today we continue talking about the new hope, the forever and always new hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And we're going to be talking about hope in the midst of suffering. And today I'd like to read a passage. Uh, this comes from the Old Testament. I'll be reading from the, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And this might sound familiar to you. We typically read this passage uh, during the Advent season. Uh, but I encourage you to hear these words and to hear them with new ears. This comes from Isaiah 53. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And, he, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for your scriptures. We give you thanks for the ways that you speak your truth to us in and through them. I pray, God, speak your truth to us today. May we hear it. May we know it. May, may it become part of our lives, transformed into your image. But God, have your way. Do your work. This we pray in the name of Jesus the Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. So I was thinking about you know, the, the idea of Jesus as a wounded healer, we, that's how we typically refer to this passage, is the passage about the wounded healer, the, the suffering servant. I think about wounds and the many wounds that we all have and carry, uh, scars that we have and carry. 
uh, I was thinking about that, and, and I have this scar that runs through my eyebrow, my, my right eyebrow. And I was thinking about how I got that scar. When I was in first grade, so first grade, um, I was out playing on, on the playground. We were, we were playing tag, and it was, it was the middle of winter, and I remember I was wearing big, thick winter gloves. And we, we were running around playing tag, and I, I, I started running, but I knew somebody was, was chasing after me, and I was looking back behind me, but running forward. And as I was running as fast as I possibly could, I suddenly turned around and ran smack dab into a wooden pole. And I fell to my knees, I put my hands in my, my face, and, and I realized that my gloves, my winter gloves, were just covered in blood. And I was just, just frightened, and I uh, was just scared, and, and I was in pain. Um, and, and it was just a horrifying thing for, for a first grader to go through. But I, but I have this scar now, right? And that scar is a constant reminder to me not to run into wooden poles, right? It is... I, I don't advise you to run into a wooden pole. You know, we, we all carry scars. We all carry these wounds. And, you know, may, they may be physical. They may be emotional. They may be mental. They may be spiritual. And, and not all of them are as trivial as a, a scar on your, your forehead. But those scars, those wounds, um, in and through Jesus, we are called to, to use those as a means to bring healing to other people. That's what we're going to talk about today. But we're talking about it in the context of a new hope, the new hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And what we're talking about throughout is, is recovering and living out the hope that we have in Jesus. We talked about hope, um, we talked about our lives as, as a journey, a journey toward the goal that we have not yet achieved. You know, this that's the nature of hope, that we are constantly moving, constantly journeying. But that goal that we have not yet achieved is to be face to face with our God, dwelling in God's immediate presence forever. And even more than that, we wait and hope for everything, for all of creation to be restored, including us. We're also talking about how we experience fears all along that journey. Fears that either slow us down or stop us in our tracks. We, we talk about the fear of violence or the fear of isolation, of being, being caught on our own and, and not having anyone else around us to, to help us and encourage us and build us up. We also talk about the, the, the fear of failure. But as human beings, we all experience things that are so real. Things that seem to stand in direct opposition to the promises and the hope that God offers us. Last week we talked about failure. And how failure is at the center of human history. Right? We talked about the crux, the cross. The cross is at the center of all human history. And at the cross we encounter the most epic of human failures, the failure of love. But we also talked about how God redeems even the worst of our failures. So today we're going to remain focused on the cross because it is in and through the cross, through the crucifixion of Jesus, you know, Jesus, the archetype of the, the wounded healer, 
that we find of God fully revealed. And that's important because we're going to look at what it means for us to have and to live out our hope in Jesus in the midst of suffering. I think before we go any further, I, I have to offer a disclaimer. And contrary to, to how some of us may read Scripture or, or maybe what we hear, God does not cause suffering. God is not the cause of suffering. God cannot be the cause of suffering. God is good. Suffering is a privation of the good that is God. So suffering, pain, evil, death, that is not God. But the reality is we all know suffering. We all know suffering. We are all well acquainted with the seemingly endless suffering in the world around us. But, you know, that, that's out there. So we can often, you know, set it aside. We can, for the most part, separate ourselves from that suffering. But then we realize in our lives, throughout our lives, at some point in our life, that we are painfully aware that the suffering we see out there is the same suffering that we experience in our own personal lives. You know, I think there are two truths about human existence that I think we have to grasp. One is that even though we believe ourselves to be self-sufficient, even though we believe ourselves to be in control, we cannot avoid being painfully wounded at one time or another. We can't avoid it. And the second truth is that we need to understand. We need to understand the humanity of other people and to do so by recognizing their painful wounds. The harsh and brutal truth of life is that we are all, at some point, wounded and experience pain. You know, for some, the wounds are physical, gnawing persistently at them every day. For others, the wounds are emotional. That, you know, these emotional wounds often cause discord uh, in, in, in personal relationships and, and even paralysis in day-to-day living. And still, for some, the wounds are spiritual. And those spiritual wounds, they just, just cause this constant aching, this constant longing for healing, to be made right, to, be, to experience some sort of normalcy. We don't have to look too deep within ourselves or others to understand that we are all wounded to one degree or another. So as followers of Jesus, what should our response be to being wounded? How does God want us to handle our wounds? What does He want us to do with them? And and is there hope for the wounded? Is there any redemption for our suffering? I believe there is. You know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I don't know if I'd even be a Christian if I believed otherwise. If I I believed there wasn't any hope or, or redemption for our human suffering. But it all begins with the cross of Jesus Christ. And in our willingness to follow Him to the cross, joining in His suffering, so that we might come out the other side renewed and empowered to bring healing to the suffering and wounds of others. 
The prophet Isaiah, he gives us a glimpse into the suffering servant, the wounded healer that intercedes for us, bearing our sins so that we might actually experience life. Now this passage, you know, there's been a lot of scholarship done on this passage, and most of that scholarship suggests that Isaiah could not possibly have had Jesus in mind as he wrote this. Uh, that, that he was writing for a specific people, the Israelites, in a spe- specific time, the 6th or 7th century B.C. But as Christians, you know, I don't know how one could read this passage as referring to anyth- anything but Jesus. And the church for the last couple thousand years has read it in just this manner. In fact, you know, going, going back to the, to the beginnings of the, the early church, we, we read about in the book of Acts in chapter 8, we read the story about the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, a, a Gentile, he, he's sitting on his chariot and he is reading this exact scripture. And Philip, he comes up to him and asks ask this, this Ethiopian, he, he asks him, do you understand it? Well, he responds by saying he doesn't know how anyone could understand it without being told. So then Philip explains this passage to him by sharing the good news of Jesus. You know, I think about when we read Scripture, we often read it, um, you know, seeking for its meaning for our lives. In other words, we, we want to see where we are in this story. We want, to, we want to understand, you know, our place in this story. And I think that's all, all good. But I think first, when we pick up Scripture, when we read Scripture, our first question should be, who is the God revealed in this Scripture? Who is the God revealed in this Scripture? And only then can we understand where we fit into that. But who is the God revealed in Scripture? And the truth is, when we start by asking who is the God revealed in this passage, we come face to face with the God revealed fully in Jesus. The God who became just like us, taking on our humanity, fully human, yet fully God. Fully human suffering like us. You know, we read in in this passage, there was no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. He took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. I mean, this is, this is a, one of the most awe-inspiring, worship-inducing passages in all of Scripture. You know, Jesus, the suffering servant. Jesus, the wounded healer, who is the Savior of the cosmos. The one who came to save all of creation died lonely on a, on a Roman cross. Friends, it is in Jesus at the foot of the cross that we are overcome and saved by the love and suffering of Christ. A love that truly died for us and heals our wounds. And I think it's, 
it's just a perennial truth that the ground at the foot of the cross is level. Right? We're, we're all in the same place at the foot of the cross. That love, that salvation, that healing is offered to all of humanity. The same love, the same salvation, the same healing is offered to every single human being that walks this earth. We simply must accept Jesus' gift. But accepting the gift of Christ means that we accept that we are broken yet healed. We accept that Jesus is the Lord of all of creation and our lives. And we then commit to following in Jesus' footsteps as Christians, as little Christs. I think the problem though with that, if there is a problem, is that many of us you know, we, we approach Christ, we, we're at the foot of the cross, we experience that healing, that salvation. The problem is we stay there. Too many of us, we stay there. We stay at the foot of the cross, dwelling in our salvation and our healing, which is not all bad. But we never end up climbing up on the cross to see what Jesus sees. This is where being a suffering servant, a wounded healer begins. And it is where we begin to reflect the hope of Jesus in a world full of suffering, full of wounded people. We climb up on the cross to see what Jesus sees and to feel what Jesus feels, to see other people as Jesus sees other people. But I think this doesn't go without warning. You know, what Jesus sees and feels on the cross is often not pleasant. And Isaiah, he makes this clear. He describes the ugly and painful wounds Jesus suffers for us, reminding us of just how wounded we really are. And as we hang on the cross with Christ, sharing in His suffering, it doesn't take long to discover why He was willing to bear such wounds. Because right in front of us, everywhere we look, even in this community, there are those who suffer the wounds of, of loneliness, of depression, of misuse and abuse, of, of debilitating disease, of an unforgiven past, of loss and even death. We all experience these wounds, even, even us here now, today. So you may be thinking, you know, what can I do about that? You know, I am wounded too. Well, my response would be, exactly. That's the point. That is why you must offer relief and healing and help. That is what following Jesus is all about. Following Him up on the cross to see and feel what He does. And then going out as a vessel of redemption and healing empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, this is how light shines in the darkness. This is, this is how life overcomes suffering and death. This is how we reflect the always new hope we have in Jesus. So as you think about that, as you think about your own life, you know, what are those wounds that you carry with you? you know, what have you suffered through? What are you suffering through? 
Maybe what suffering do you see around you? And then ask yourself, how is God calling you to reflect hope as a wounded healer in those situations? I I would have to say, you don't have to be fully healed to, to offer that same healing to another person. To walk with them with their own wounds, through their own suffering. You don't have to be 100% to be able to do that. But I think about these questions, and you know, this all sounds very, very daunting. Um, you know, I ask myself these questions, and it seems like it's way more, so much more than I am capable of. But that too is the point. It's only Jesus in us that makes it, makes it possible for us to reflect the hope of Jesus in this way. So if you're thinking about how daunting this is, here's a place to start. You think about Jesus' ministry. And Jesus' ministry, first of all, before anything else, was a ministry of presence. Right? He was there. He walked alongside people. Just simply present. So when we encounter the, the suffering of another, and, and you know, often we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say, we don't have the words, just be there. Just be present. And you might have to get a little creative in this season of quarantine and isolation. Being present doesn't mean always mean literally physically present. But just be present. And whatever way, find a way to simply be present, to walk with them through their suffering, being the presence and hope of Jesus. You know, I see this being done in our community all the time. All the time. We love each other. We invest in each other. But I think, what would it be to turn our gaze outside to other people people who are wounded that we encounter in our lives that may be perfect strangers that we encounter, what would it be like for us to turn our gaze outwards? To be present with a perfect stranger in their suffering. You know, this is our calling. This is what we are called to as followers of Jesus. This is how we reflect the new hope we have in Jesus in a world full of suffering. We're called to approach the foot of the cross. To lay ourselves bare before Jesus. To take up the healing that He offers us. To be made new. But we don't stay there. We don't stay there. We climb up on the cross to see and feel what Jesus does. To see the world and other people through the eyes of Jesus. And offer the hope that He offers to all. I pray this is, this is something we take up as a people, as individuals, but as a church as well. Offering the hope of Jesus in a world full of brokenness, in a world that needs to know the new hope that we have in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks and praise. Uh, we give you thanks for all you offer us. God, for the hope that you offer us as a gift. God, help us to receive it. Help us to know it. 
And God, by your Holy Spirit, help us to live it. Give us eyes to see the world, to see other people as you do. Give us hearts to respond to the wounds that they experience. And God, use us as vessels of your healing mercy. God, help us to heal relationships. Help us to heal those who are sick. Help us to heal those who are just in turmoil emotionally. Use us, God. This we pray in the name of Jesus the Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and to the glory of God the Father. Amen. If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. Waiting here for you. You're the Lord of all creation. And still you know my heart, the author of salvation. You've loved us from the start. Waiting here for you, with our hands lifted high in praise. And it's you. We adore, singing alleluia. You are everything you've promised. Your faithfulness is true. We're desperate for your presence. All we need is you. Waiting here for you with our hands lifted high in praise, and it's you we adore singing Singing on.